Welcome back, South Jersey football fans and New Jersey football fans to Mark Tribble's Hats Off Podcast. Here we are at beautiful Studio B. We have a lot of action to recount. I say that every week, and the action only gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Here we are. We're going to be joined today by St. Joseph's kicker, Trevin Delgazzo, wore the hat on Friday night for his heroics, and we'll get into those. We also have a good friend of mine, ESPN's Justin Tinsley. You may know him from the show Around the Horn. You may have read his book on Notorious B.I.G. You may have heard his podcast and, and all the things that Justin does. You may just follow him on Twitter. But either way, we've got him on at the end of the show. And we're going to talk about with Justin something that's a sensitive topic for the two of us. The big game tonight between the Cowboys and the Eagles. I know there's a lot of trash talk going on everywhere um, about that game and you know where I stand on it, certainly, if you watch the show. Rod, good to see you, man. Glad you're back. Yes, sir. Back in the studio. You know it. You know it. Got a lot of f- friendly faces in here. Tyrone's already talking about the Cowboys game. But Tyrone, it, let's just, we got to save that for the last. We got to save it for the last segment, <laughs> Tyrone. Dwayne's not talking any trash, but I know he's a Cowboys fan. Oh, man. Chris, Chris is a Patriots fan. Chris Baker's a Patriots fan. He's at the Dunkin' Donuts drive through I got my coffee, Chris. I'm staying away from the donuts, but I appreciate the offer. Um, you know, let's start with Chris and what he saw on Friday night as Seneca beat Cinnamons in 42 to nothing. Seneca remains unbeaten. We said last week there were six unbeatens in South Jersey when it came to. At the end of the weekend, there were just three. This weekend we entered with three, of course, and we left with three. All three won. We had Seneca won 42 nothing to Cinnaminson, as Chris saw. Pensalkin beat Camden Catholic 39-6. to And Delcy beat Hamilton 28-3. All three are undefeated. Excuse me, undefeated. Maybe I do need that extra. Maybe <laughs> I do need that donut. Go ahead, take that sip. <laughs> Yes, sir. All three are undefeated. He says they're the real deal. In group three, they are uh, up there at the top with Camden High and Delcy in terms of the PowerPoints. I don't know how that shakes out. We'll find out next week that where these teams are going to be playing, who they're going to be playing, the final, the first large tournament that leads to a state champion in public school football is going to happen in New Jersey. And we got a lot to talk about with that. Um, you know, I think maybe we should get Dwayne on here next week. Are you going to talk about the Mets? No, we're not going to talk about the Mets. We're not going to we're not going to talk about the Mets, but maybe talk a little North Jersey bracket preview. Yep. So Dwayne, the invitation is extended, our guy. Um, we'd love to see you. How about those Phillies, man? I mean, this team feels like they've got. Uh, and and this is what it takes in baseball more than any other sport. They got the mojo this time of year, don't they? Yeah, I think they have it, right? I mean, we were all expecting the bats to to be woke all season, but, I mean, they woke up at the right time, which is the playoffs. Well, they did, Rod, and the funny thing about these Phillies, when you look at their win-loss record over the season Mm -hmm. compared to – the Braves, gone. Mets, gone. Dodgers, gone. Yankees, 
Very mm-hmm. close. 162-game season. Uh, you need a lot of things to win 100 games. You need excellent pitching throughout. And it's got to be sturdy all season. You need guys that are going to get on base, uh, do a lot of the little things. Uh, you know, to construct a roster to win 100, 110 games, you, it's got to be quite a team. However, in a series, that can mean nothing. Right. Especially in that five-game series. For the Phillies, the way they're constructed, they have two ace pitchers, basically, and Wheeler and Nola. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to face them. And then they got guys that, when they're hot, even in the regular season we saw this, they go on tears where everybody's hitting the ball, and they got a lot of power, extra mm-hmm. base hits. In terms of you know, Schwarber, Real Muto, of course, Harper, Cassianos, uh, Segura's been great. Uh, yesterday, the nine-hole hitter hits a home run. I mean, you can't count on that. But Boom hits a ball. But during a season, there's two weeks where they might not sniff four runs because nobody's hitting. Right. And everybody's frustrated. Playoffs. People are hot. you got to win. You saw what happened, man. They scored, what, 16, 17 runs the last two days against Atlanta. Um, they've got those hot bats. They've got those two pitchers, and they're going to play the Padres who took care of um, the Dodgers last night, came back and won. I don't want to make this hot take central, but I do want to say this. Uh, The Dodgers have won a lot of baseball games in the Mm -hmm. last few years. And they won that shortened season because of COVID. They won the World Series in a neutral site. But I don't know how much stock I put in that. Mm Mm-hmm. I just think it's a lot. Like, I don't expect the Dodgers to win World Series. They get there, I expect them to bow out. Oh, wow. Okay. I do. I mean, they they had 111 wins this year, and the Padres had 89 or something. Okay. They own the Padres. They always beat them. And they didn't even make it to game five. They're done. That's a lot of money to spend for – for, for, I don't know, first-round exit. Padres, Phillies, this is San Diego. That's where Bryce Harper's thumb got shattered earlier in the season. Blake Snell hit him with fastball. Um, and if anybody is going to really feel some pain during this series, it's going to be Washington Nationals fans because you got Harper and Soto right. on either side. Um, I don't know. It's... It's crazy in the city right now. Everybody's wearing red. Everybody is is. I mean, we both got our Phillies hats on. Lord knows, Mac is losing his mind. Mm-hmm. By the time he gets in here, right on uh, Wednesday, whoo, whoo. He he may do the the whole show in the full baseball uniform, socks it, and all, yeah. the throwback joints. He you, might <laughs> be wearing the maroon and white, the maroon pinstripes. <laughs> Mac yeah. is probably Mac and Tom McGurk are probably the two biggest uh, the two biggest Phillies fans I know. Mm-hmm. But it's fun to see everybody supporting the team, uh, living in the city like I do. Right, you go to walk down the street to the market. Everybody is wearing green or red. Yeah, or both as they should right now. Yeah, it's exciting. It doesn't get any better than this. I think the Flyers are two and zero, which the Flyers fans gotta kind of uh, hold on to. 
that because it could be a long season. Sixers open this week. Mm-hmm. I think they play in Boston to open the, the season. High hopes there. Uh, a couple superstar players. And then the Phillies doing what they're doing, and the Birds being undefeated as of right now. It's a great time to be in the city. This is really uh, incredible. I got to be honest. I'm a little jacked up. You are? Yeah. I mean, what what went on the weekend with the games, the excitement? I mean, we'll we'll get into a little bit of it. Yeah. And then what come back on Saturday had a ton of excitement mm-hmm. going to, you know, we had the Phillies game. I'm watching that on while I'm broadcasting. I'm trying to watch the Phillies game, but I'm getting excited. Yeah. So I watch all the highlights go home, and now I'm watching the Tennessee and Alabama what game. What a game. That was what a game. I mean, that was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and then you know you start ro- watching the replays of all the different games and different things going on, and my adrenaline kicked in. Man, I woke up at three this morning. I came here at the studio. I was in here five this morning. I was just excited, jacked up. By the time lunchtime come, I'm gonna have to take a nap for the game tonight. I can't. It's, it's, it's impossible for me to stay up all night. <laughs> you almost you know did. Um, I watched, I was at my, my cousin's house and I watched, we, we, uh, watched the end of the Phillies, Mm -hmm. had some pizza hanging out. And I said, you know, I'm going to watch the end of this. Uh, we're going to watch the end of this, this Mariners game Mm -hmm. that's in the sixth or seventh inning. And we're going to watch this game. And then I'm going to go home because I'm dead tired. Right. I'm just going to go home and I'll be home tonight at 8 o'clock. I'll be in bed ready. You know, I'll be. The game went 18 innings. <laughs> and I know everyone in this chat and everybody who listens and watches knows this pain. You can't leave until it's over. Because if, if you. When you invest that time, if you leave and miss the game-winning hit, you'll never make it home in time. It'll happen while you're on the road. You'll, you'll hear it on the radio, and you'll wish you were still watching it. But I'll, I will say that that game, one nothing, the Astros won in 18 innings, was one of the worst baseball games <laughs> I've ever watched. I mean, it was... It went on and on. There were not runners in scoring position. There were not. I think three guys got hit in the extra innings, and there might have been a total of like five hits in the extra innings. (laughs) Everybody swings for a home run. There was like 40-some total strikeouts. What I wouldn't have given to see one guy try to lay down a bunt for a hit. Like after all that time, can somebody say, you know what, I'm going to catch him off guard. No, swing, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Um, So it wasn't even enjoyable. I was just glad it ended. I was like, if anybody says uh, I I like baseball or I'm not sure if I like baseball, if you ever want to say, here's a game that will show you why you hate it. Mm -hmm. No action. And, Chris, I wouldn't even call it a pitching duel. It was until the extra innings. But, I mean, you're you're facing, like, everybody – that's a reliever on the team. And 
somebody's got to give up a hit or put some you got to put some pressure on the defense um whatever astros move on mariners did not deserve to win and the astros definitely did the other game i saw i i did end up getting home and watching the end of the utah usc game which was insanity i don't know how many people watched that game but utah pulls the upset they win by one point at home they score on fourth and goal their quarterback cameron rising i think his name's cameron rising he scores and then go, they go for two he scrambles and scores um, again to take that lead and it was a really odd play after that where usc threw an interception that seemed to clinch the game but the utah returners bringing the ball back there was pass interference on the play mm -hmm. so they're talking about the amount of time the return takes right so he intercepts it at 13 seconds and is running it back down to eight seconds the clock stops during the return and they're saying this game might even be over there's not going to be much time left then they said there was an inadvertent whistle for time out during the play <laughs> which no one could hear if anybody watched this game you couldn't hear anything in Utah right. I mean USC had false start after false start after false start I've never seen a ruling like that so they give USC 13 seconds instead of maybe giving them four mm -hmm. just bizarre stuff like that like I say this in an old way if you look in the paper you know it looks in the paper now but if you go online to see the score and what happened in the game you won't see that play taking place I've literally never seen that before in my life right that they called a, they blew a whistle for a timeout during an interception return right impossible i i, I would have i would have flipped that as a coach oh he was kyle whittingham was you could read yeah. his lips he's like you've got to be kidding me that's awful and I'm, think, sure. I'm, I'm glad they didn't lose because of that or get in a position to lose mm -hmm. i'm glad they won anyway but man that place was a zoo utah man they don't fool around with those those fans Utes. Talk about a place you you know you watch the the game at Rocky Top yesterday, right? Yes. Tennessee wins. You you watch Michigan yesterday. You watch the game. I know you watch Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Um. You know a great atmosphere. I was lucky enough to go to school Virginia Tech. The atmosphere there is incredible for big games. Or it used to be. Um, there's a lot of really awesome venues. Penn State. Uh, you know, all over. However. Utah is not one I would put on that list. Like if you said, well, I'm going to make a list. I'm going to travel every weekend to the best environments in college football. I don't think Utah would have made the list. But after I watched last night, oh, yeah, I'd love to go to a game there. That place is bonkers. I got the mountains in the background. Whew. You know, certain time of year, snows. You had a snow banks on the outside of the field. It's pretty cool. Had a kid that played at Utah that I coached. Dude, it was Big so Reese. loud. Mm-hmm. Um, Good comments today, guys. Share this out. Hector, good to see you, man. Uh, I don't know how you guys made out this week. I know there's a lot of important games being played all over the state Yes, that uh, we need to touch on. Um, specifically in South Jersey. Let's go through a couple of these results real quick. Cedar Creek gets a win over Oak Crest yesterday. Rivalry game, 14-6. to Big win. Uh, 
Shawnee 24-10 over Washington Township snap, snaps their losing streak. Mm-hmm. West Effort 6-0 over Salem. The Salem offense continues to struggle. West Effort, that's a game they needed. You want to talk about a game that, that is not going to fall under the radar because we're not going to let it on Wednesday, but a game that is uh, could be a win and in. That's, that's what I was going to say. Haddon Heights and West Effort next week. Big bullseye on that game. Yeah. A team that you – know, I don't, every, every year Ocean City's – uh, defense is incredible. There's only one team that seems to have figured them out. Uh, uh, has has run through that, and that is Millville, mm-hmm. who uh, we talked a lot about. Millville, Millville, we thought was you know the game that they lost and to Lenape, and then the kind of the results leading up to that. Some close games, weren't really sure. Forty-one-seven, they beat Ocean City. Seems like they are clicking again down there at Wheaton Field. Kingsway, uh, they get that monkey off their back with Cherokee. They finally beat them 35-21. That was a heck of a game. Um, Cherokee was up, and um, Kingsway came back in that game. Mac always said when he was at Lenape, um, and I know Coach LaRubio over at Kingsway said this was this was something that, mm-hmm. that was mentioned. Um Mac always said, in, especially in that area, in that group five, you're not, I don't want to say taken seriously, but you're not legit until you beat Cherokee. Mm-hmm. That's your stamp. If you could beat them, you know. You got something. You got, yeah. and, and Mac used Cherokee as a benchmark for the program. Of course he would, but when he was at Lenape. And I remember, I think I was there the first time they beat Cherokee, and that really was a – a high watermark in building a program that you do this, it, it means a lot um, for sure. So Kingsway gets that win, 35-21. Woodstown shuts out Haddonfield, 19 nothing. Camden scores 35 points in the second half to beat Paulsburg, 41 nothing. Burlington City rolls in the second half. I mean, they're getting – they were losing 29-7 or – or 29 nothing. I don't know the exact score, but mm-hmm. this is a rivalry game, and they were getting they were, pounded by Palmyra. They, were getting, they come back and win the game. They were getting torched. They were getting torched. I want to go back. I mean, you you talked about the Camden-Paulsboro game. Yeah. That was a close football game at halftime. 6 nothing, right? And I just have to say, I, I got a chance to watch that defensive line for Camden up front, mm-hmm. and it, it, it was torture. I mean – if you're that, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to put anybody out there, but when you're playing, when you play, I play quarterback. Uh-huh. When you're getting hit like that, it's hard to to kind of think about the plays, to think about where to go to ball with the ball, your reads, just different things. It speeds the game up. Camden sped that game up so fast in the second half mm-hmm. that the defense – had them pent on the goal line, and that allowed them to get those quick points. But I just wanted to point that out. That, that well, game was true. was crazy too. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, uh, and I do want to note that apparently Kingsley was ahead the whole the whole game against Cherokee. There's so many scores flying around. Sometimes it's hard to keep track of what's mm-hmm. going on. But uh, that game was one of those where we'll talk about the game I saw, mm-hmm. how crazy it got. 
but that's a game where you check the score and you see it, and you're like, oh, 6 nothing at halftime, and then the bullets start flying every different direction, and then the game's over, and somewhere you see the final score, and you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be a lot closer than that. You scored 35 in the second half. You kind of lose sight of it when you're out there moving around. And then yesterday, uh, St. Augustine, 41-18 to at Camden Eastside. Rod streamed that game on D2 Sports Network. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch if, you, if you're a Hermits fan. Um, the line for St. Augustine was great. Noah Cressman got the hat. And this young man, you know, their whole line was tremendous. Julian Turney running the ball behind him and uh, McClear as well. They did a great job, as always, with Coach Lancetta. But Noah got the hat. Noah is a kid who uh, his father passed away t- a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it's tough. There was, and he and he and Coach Lancetta said that, you know, in that position when you're a coach, you just you just tell the kid anything you need on or off the field here for you and, and the kid said well, well I just want to play you know so um, as somebody who who you know I lost my father at a young age I understand a little bit of where that young man's coming from for him to go out there and play not just that but after the game to have the smile on his face that mm-hmm. he had is uh, especially meaningful right and you know that's just a giant hats off to to Noah uh, and and his family and friends and the, and the program for supporting him. So uh, that that was well deserved. He he played like a beast. I'm not discounting the way he plays. He was a monster. But um, I'm really glad that uh, they've supported him the way they have. So hats off, hats off to you. Brandon Handy's in here. Brandon, good to see you. Uh, Brandon helps with. He runs flag football team um, that has a lot of success in the area. They are looking to go to Pro Bowl weekend. I think they've qualified for that. They're raising some money uh, to, to help out with travel expenses. Brandon, uh, feel free to throw throw that comment in. Throw that in the comments. Put the link in the comment. You can yep. give a couple bucks. Please do so to help our buddy and those kids. Um, what age is I don't know what age is as far as is like I think Brandon may have um the t- I want to say either the 10 12s or like 12 14 something like that he'll he'll put uh, it in he'll here put, he when should he put hears it in. this but we're just a little bit ahead yeah. on our chat but um that's a great experience for the kids yeah I mean um I had the pleasure of doing flag football with with my son when they were coming up and mm-hmm. just the experience you yeah. know um some people try to discredit the flag football, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a form of football where kids are staying involved, they're staying active, and they're opening up. You get to go to the Pro Bowl and play. I mean, if, you, if you've if you never been to Vegas and and, and had an opportunity to see yeah. the fields, it, it's just a different level. I'll give you a quick story. When I, when I went to Vegas, I was like, man, I'm going to drive over to the mountains, right? It, it, it appears that they're close. And next yeah. thing you know, I'm just driving, driving and, driving and driving and driving. I'm like, what? Like, hold on, I'm turning around. But Vegas is a pretty cool experience. My favorite place, man. I yeah. love it there. Always had a good time there. Um, we are going to talk about the game I saw Friday night. Uh, we've got the hero and the hats off winner. The guy with the 
I would say the golden boot, but really it's a black boot with some pink tape on the toe to make sure it's it's preserved. Um, if there was a St. Joe uh, Hall, of Fame? Hall of Fame case, <laughs> I, I would make the recommendation that uh, that this boot should be in there. When we come back after this, we're going to talk to uh, Trevin Delgazo of St. Joe on his magical night and that finish that was incredible for the Wildcats. And after that, a little bit later in the program, we're going to bring on Justin Tinsley of ESPN to talk about the Eagles and the Cowboys game. So sit tight. We'll be back right after that. My Hats Off podcast brought to you by the South Jersey Realty Group. And as I said in the beginning here, before we had sound, Lenape has this brand new turf that they put in. uh, They finally finished this a couple weeks ago. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Hats off to Brian Laddie, the AD, Tony Catani, the principal, uh, for getting this thing in there. It's wonderful. Wonderful turf. Beautiful field. However, what happens here in the fourth quarter partly has to do with the turf of this field, and, and it may have, uh, may have, I don't want to say backfired, but it, it certainly didn't help Lenape uh, at the end, although it did kind of help him before that. Anyway, I'm, I'm saying all that to say this. Lenape is now up by one point, and St. Joe has the ball at the four. St. Joe ends up punting. The ball hits the turf. It's a short kick. Michael LeMay is, it doesn't seem like he's intending to field this ball. But it does one of those like seven bounces in a row and hops right up to his chest. It's on him. He grabs it. And what does he do? He does what Michael LeMay always does. He makes a play. He runs that thing around the left side about 50 yards for a touchdown. So now... It's 21-13. Next possession, St. Joe gets it. Punt is blocked. Straight up in the air. I mean, way up in the air. (laughs) It comes down. It bounces straight up to to the guy, who Ethan Craig, who's running after it. Again, the turf. Boom. Straight up, right to him. Runs it in for touchdown. So now, St. Joe is up 28-13. The party is on in Medford. The party's on, Rod. Full disclosure, at this point, I kind of I stopped keeping play-by-play. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I had some yeah. stats I'm writing and some mental notes, but I'm thinking this thing is in the bag. It's over. There's probably six minutes left around. I don't mm-hmm. know. Again, I stopped writing play-by-play, so I don't know. Um, St. Joe gets a good return on the kickoff. They run it down. Um, I think – uh, was it Mahmoud scored that one? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Nasir scores. Short short play, scores. They go for two. I'm not sure why I went for two the first time. Didn't get it. So now the score is 28 to 19. There's a little more than five minutes left. Here comes our guest, Trevin Delgaza. Go ahead and show, show this guy because this is exactly – Trevin, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on, man. Thanks we appreciate it. I know it's not a, like I said earlier, I know it's not a, a short trip from Hamilton. But our special guest comes up here, and it's onside kick time. So tell me what you're thinking. So I go out there, and my coach, uh, we're about at the numbers, yeah. and he says to me, do you want to kick an onside kick here? And I'm like, yeah. I see a gap from the first few kicks, 
and it's on the right side in between the front two guys. Uh-huh. And I think that my guy can get there before him. And I kick it pretty well. It bounces up, and uh, Richard Chandler picks it up. And then we're all on about the 45-yard line going in. Richard Chandler, number 25. He's <clears> like kind of a – no disrespect. I mean this in the best way possible. He's like a, he's like a little firecracker slash bowling ball. Right. He's a, he's a compact – Tough. I mean, if you if you want somebody on the bottom of a scrum for onside kick, it's Richard Chandler. Mm-hmm. So they get the onside kick. They go down, and uh, Jimmy Montuano, the quarterback, scrambles around and runs it in. So now you're down by three. Trevin comes out, kicks the extra point. It's right down the middle. Okay. There's – I don't know how much time's left. A little more than three minutes, maybe. Yeah. St. Joe is down by two. So it's time to uh walk back out there, Trevin. <laughs> so now what now what happens? Um, so my coach says to me that I should change the direction of the kick because they were prepared for me to kick it right. And they kind of overloaded right and the way I kicked before, and I shift my body at the last second approaching the ball and I shifted my body and kicked it left and the kid caught it on Lenape's side uh-huh. and I think Ty Mercado really hit that kid pretty hard and Richard Chandler picked the ball up <laughs> yep and that's how we got the ball back so, the second time so this so kicks it to the other side come on man the other side got one kicks it to the other side now when he kicks the second, when when the the extra point goes through to make it a three point game or a two point game, I'm sorry. Everyone's thinking if they hadn't gone for two the first time, they they would be going for two here to tie it. Like no one's thinking. Well, maybe they'll get the onside kick again. Again, <laughs> okay, because <laughs> to get one, as 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 Trevin said, is is an act of God basically. And so. He kicks this thing again, the turf, it bounces up. Mercado lays the wood. And on the other side, here out pops number 25 holding the football, (laughs) Richard Chandler. And you just couldn't believe it. Now, the work's not done. And they got to get down there. and, And there were some key plays. I know Jimmy had a really nice slant to, uh, Nasir, Mm -hmm. um, it might have been fourth down. I think it was third down, though, and, and that was a tough play. They get the first down. They move mm-hmm. down. So now it's time. They're in range. The clock is ticking down, and Coach Sacco, Coach Paul Sacco says, Jimmy, whatever you do, you can scramble around, which he did all night. Heck of a player. Just keep that ball in the middle of the field. Wherever you go down, you want to be in the middle of the field. And they did that. They milked the clock down. And here comes Trevin. So, Trevin, you, you go out there, and what are you thinking? Um, I'm just really focused on the ball and making sure that the ball goes down so I can kick it right. But I go out there the first time, mm-hmm. and the coach from the Lenape sideline decides to ice the clock. Yep. And so I'm thinking, all right, refocus, calm down, there's no big deal. And... Go out there the second time. It's a good snap, great hold, and 
I knock it right through. But there's a problem. Number 20 on Lenape's sideline gets a piece of it, and my heart almost drops. But thankfully, it still decides to um, have enough power to go in from 34 yards out. I had no idea it was deflected. LeMay deflected that. Yep. Wow. And it still goes in. Everybody is is going nuts. Trevin, you've been kicking since you were 11 years old, you said. Yeah. Is it is there at any point do you go through what it would be like or or is there any training for if you get frozen? No. 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 There's no way. <laughs> there's no really way to prepare for that, but I'd say every day in practice with Coach Sacco and we always practice the game winners from uh -huh. 40 and in. Mm -hmm. So I was ready for the kick. Where are you usually good from, Trevin? I'd say I'm expecting to make the kick if it's 45 yards and in. Mm -hmm. Wow. 50 is a bit of a stretch, but maybe. Maybe. So <clears throat> what exactly inspired you to start kicking? I saw when I was back in um, – Peewee, when I was 11 years old, mm -hmm. I saw um, I saw someone that was kicking the ball through the upright back in uh, Hamilton Hawks, mm -hmm. and um, that really inspired me because I was like, I want to do that. That looks cool. And uh, Frankie Domenico, that was who really inspired me. Mm -hmm. He was the um, I think he was four years older than me. So I was, he was in college, freshman when I was a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. And he was the one who really got me into kicking back when I was 11. And you just loved it. Yeah, I fell in love with it. I got training from Coach Jim Cooper, five-star kicking. Mm -hmm. And I never have stopped since. And you do it for a lot of reasons but the main reason is to have an opportunity like you had exactly the other night right yeah to help my team win it was it meant everything to me and for most most kickers don't get the appreciation sometimes uh -huh. but in this game i i really got the the whole light of the game in the last 6 minutes of the game at least everyone like counted on me my teammates obviously came through, getting me down there and positioned to kick it. Now, are you the punter also? Yeah. So the range of emotions. I mean, you're part of the two plays that look like have you guys done. I mean, yeah. not, not that it's your, you know, I mean, it's, it's not your fault, but it, it's, it doesn't look good. You've been on the field here for, the, for yeah. the two plays that bury you guys. And then the next thing you know, you're on the field for the three that – make it possible to win. Mm -hmm. What was that quarter like for you? Uh, do you try to stay pretty – I know you try to stay pretty level, but were you able to do that or do you kind of in knots the whole quarter? The The only reason I was able to stay level was because I envisioned, like, what would happen. Mm -hmm. Before the, like, the whole thing played out, I was like, we are going to win this game. And that's what I try and do in every game. If we're losing or winning, we're going to win this game. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, we need to win it, and what do I need to do to win it? So I completely zoned everything out. The crowd, Lenape's huge uh, student section, yeah. 
and I just really focused in on what I had to do. So, so I'm a, I'm gonna ask a question. Yeah. I mean, you kind of uh, touched on it a little bit with practicing, but I know when I was younger, um, we used to always have. I mean, back when I was in Mississippi, we used to make the, the basketball court in the in the room mm-hmm. out of the coat hangers and mm-hmm. put it on the door, sure. roll some socks up, put tape yeah. on it. That was the basketball. And we would always have the three, two, one jump shot, you know, like you game winning. So from a kicker's perspective, like, have you been at the field by yourself or with a buddy and going through that process through your head other than that practice? I mean, just, you know, with yourself at practice is rehearsed, is scripted. Mm -hmm. All right, from the 30, move it to the right hash. But in your head, have you played that out before? Absolutely. Um, I... I go out on the field all the time and just do mental reps right before I'm about to about to kick it. Like at practice and even in my bedroom, mm-hmm. just at night, just imagining like the emotions I would have if I won a game. And that's like the feeling I wanted more than anything other. Just winning a game and proving that kickers actually do matter for teams. Yeah, they do. And you know what? I mean, it... It seems, you know, we watched it last weekend with the Eagles, right? They signed the right backup kicker. He mm-hmm. made the kick. The backup kicker that was signed for the uh, Cardinals missed the kick. Mm-hmm. And and that was the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but to understand the role of a kicker, as many of you do, to figure that really during practice you're kind of off on your own. Yeah. And uh, everybody else, as you talk about, at the end of the year, these guys went through two days together. They're running hills together. They're next to each other in the trenches. They're all the, well. The kicker is his own unit a lot of times, especially right. in high school football, where there's not there might not there's not a, a punter and a another a backup kicker and a, and another you know and a it's it's Trevin right and or someone self. like Trevin who's by himself, and you got to be a special type of guy come in and knock that through. And the other part of that is, you know, on the high school level, you have your quarterback coaches, Mm -hmm. you have quarterback trainers, you have receiver trainers, D lineman trainers and coaches, right? So for him, and I've noticed this at a lot of schools, the coaches there, they don't know nothing about kicking, (laughs) not a thing. So Mm -hmm. if you don't go and get that training outside, you're, you're, you are really on your own with learning how to kick, right? And especially at certain schools, the coach can tell you, it's like, yeah, just put your put your leg into it. But they really don't know, right? So it's it's just amazing that throughout the year, you know, kickers, punters, they're off on their own, they're practicing by themselves, and they have to retain everything they learn from a Mm -hmm. trainer and bring it back. Where quarterbacks, receivers, you know, running back, old line, D line, they get reinforced from coaches when they're at practice. Yeah, and it's it's got to be a special feeling not only to win that game, Trevin, but um, to win it in a in a way that is so memorable. I'm sure a lot of people reached out to you, um, people who weren't there, who heard about it, and and I'm sure your family is is on cloud nine as well. But tell me what it meant for you uh, to kick that in this season that has been 
some close games. You guys mm-hmm. just keep finding a way to win. And it's Coach Sacco's last season at St. Joe. Everybody knew that before the season. It's been a major topic. It's uh, an emotional topic for a lot of, uh, of the St. Joe alumni and the players. And you guys stick together. You keep winning. Richard said after the game, you know, forget about me or recovering or any anything that happened. This is all about mm-hmm. Coach Sacco. Um, what can you say about the experience it's been to be on this last ride with him and how much it meant for you to kick that field goal? I mean, with Coach Sacco's last season, it played a role in every one of our um, performances throughout mm-hmm. the season. But, like, you think about the best coaches in South Jersey, and I think Sacco's at the top of that list for everyone. And to really be a part of his team and be a part of his last season, it's an emotional thing. Yeah. He gives speeches about about how, I mean, he <laughs> he's just so happy that we're here with him. Yeah. And he's so happy that he stuck it out because last year was so disappointing, yeah. making it to the semifinals. So we're all about winning states this year. And no matter what it takes to get there, that's where we're going to be. You know, it's, we mentioned this on the show the other night, and um, it's something that, that can't be lost. Uh, you know, anyone who knows South Jersey football for years and years knows that there were a lot of times when St. Joe didn't need a kicker like Trevin because they were winning every game by 50 mm-hmm. points. And they had all the best players in the area. I mean, they, they, even we saw some outstanding teams that just teams showed up and they were mincemeat. You know, at the end of the first quarter, the game was over. This team is a, not a lot of kids on a team. They're playing both ways. They're just scrap. It's, this is a much different team. This is a much different St. Joseph's team. And Coach Sacco is getting the most, right? The juice is worth the squeeze. He's squeezing out as much as he can and getting the most out. And the kids, vice versa, are giving everything they have and then some. They're meeting in the middle, and they're winning games. It might be ugly. It might be miraculous. It might be crazy. But it's kind of neat to see this – foxhole mentality, right, of these guys that go out there and say, we're doing it for Coach Sacco. We're going to get this thing done. Yeah, and I don't want I don't want St. Joe's guys to think we're not paying attention right. in South Jersey, right? We're paying attention. It, they, they're they winning a little different. In years past, you're right, you had the, the Jada Byers scoring 10 mm-hmm. touchdowns. You had yep. the, 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 the horn twin, you know brothers you had you know different guys that were leading that program Townsend and you know we could go on and on about that but they're winning football games we notice it there and I'll say it's probably the quietest it's been in South Jersey for a while for St. Joe but they've been winning like I know on our ranking what do we have them three Three. number three so they're they're definitely up there getting the respect from you know, the the people who are out in the field and get to see them. And at the end of the day, it, it, it's about winning ball games. One yep. point, two point, three point, it, it, it really doesn't matter. You want to win the game at the end of the day, and that's what they're doing. 
They could very well be the game of the week next week. Mm-hmm. All all that said, they they still have not they don't have a home game on the schedule. That's I mean, a, there's no home field. So don't forget that either. Mm-hmm. They're doing all this on the road. Um, they're going to play at Rowan on Friday night against Delsey, who we have number one in the rankings. Who's not going to drop after they beat Hamilton twenty eight to three? St. Joe's certainly not going to drop. So it looks like one verse three at Rowan on Friday night. Um, Sal. Marquez, who just set the wins record at Delsey, mm-hmm. and Coach Saka, who's in his 41st season. Uh, that, you know, red and white all over, man. Yes. It's going to be – that's going to be a huge game. And, again, you know St. Joe's going to be in it at the end. You don't know exactly how. I, I have one, la- one last question um, for you. You know, a lot of times we talk about the the emotion of um, the team, the coaches, and things like that. But obviously the support system is really good. Um, What was that like, you know, going home, getting in the car or on the ride home or walking in the door and finally seeing, you know, your parents, your support staff? Like, what I I know as a dad I would have probably been (laughs) – I would have freaked out, but – what was that like for you to 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 see how they responded to um, the the, the game winning onside times two? You know what I mean? Like, how was that for you? I was honestly really overwhelmed with all the support I got. Mm-hmm. Like, especially right after the game, everyone. I mean, everyone stormed to the field. We got a yeah. we got a, a penalty yep. for coming on the field before the game ended. Everyone dogpiled me right as I made that kick and right after I mean parents players everyone was saying great job coach Sacco I mean my parents it was just amazing and then after all that after my interviews I came on the bus and everyone was recording me and it was just like a magical moment I'll never forget that it, it was a magical moment. No one will ever forget it who was there. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that. Um, we are we're proud to have you in the hat club, man. You deserved it. A Thank million you. times over. Incredible finish. Just a great, great game. Well, I mean, I, I told you yesterday, Mark, right? I said uh, he's going to be our player of the week. We're not even putting the vote yeah. up this week. Yeah, so. no reason. We are going to invite you back in to get your uh, own personal photo shoot and everything awesome. um, back here. We'll figure out a time and a day this week to get you in. But it, to do what you did, two onside kicks and a game-winning field goal, I mean, that that's something that you you can't, couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Nobody could imagine that sequence happening. And um, congratulations to you. Thank Much you. success moving forward. But... We definitely wanted to uh, tell you, you are the D2 Sports Network Player of the Week for us. I'm happy to be. I'm happy to have that honor today. Appreciate it. Congratulations, Trevin. Thank you. Trevin Delgazzo of St. Joe kicks a game-winning field goal, two onside kicks in the fourth quarter as they score three times in the last five and a half minutes or so um, to down Lenape on the road, 29-28. Incredible game, incredible finish, one for the history books. Certainly for St. Joe. Coach Sacco said he's never seen anything like it in his 41 years of coaching. 
and I don't think uh, many people that were there have seen anything like it either. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the final segment of the show. ESPN's Justin Tinsley is going to be calling in. Old friend of mine. Talk about the birds and the boys. We'll be right back after this. Joe McColgan, Nick Strom, and John Darty have been part of a lot of wins in South Jersey football. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. With over $200 million in real estate transactions between the three of them and over 30 years of real estate experience, they're servicing anywhere in South Jersey, from the Philadelphia Bridges all the way to the Cape May Lighthouse. With one of South Jersey's fastest-growing teams, $29.5 million alone in real estate sales in 2021 and 22. First-time home buyers, seller consultations, relocations, rentals, downsizing. Or if you're not quite sure how to get started in the process of real estate, give them a call for a free consultation at 609-314-9862. That's South Jersey Elite. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. Welcome back, football fans, to my Hats Off podcast. I'm very, very, very happy to welcome back to the show a close, close friend of mine, one of the best sports journalists in America, TV personality, everything, published author, uh, but most of all, a great person and a great friend in Justin Tinsley. Justin, do you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. What's going on, my brother? It is good to have you on, man, on a day like today. It's great to be here. It's oh, beautiful boy. in Philadelphia, man. It's always sunny here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Justin, I you know, I watch you on TV all the time. I know many of our viewers and listeners do as well. Tell me what's been going on with you, man. What's going on career-wise? What you been? What's the latest piece? Just fill everybody in on on what they, what Justin Tinsley is up to. Oh man! First and foremost, Mark, it is great to hear your voice, my brother. It is always an honor and a priv- privilege and a pleasure to be on with you. Uh, just what's up with me, man? So I can't really say what it is just yet, but the first piece in a series uh, I, I'll be working on for the next couple of weeks, probably up until about, I would say, right before Christmas time. It's like a four-part series on a pretty prominent athlete that that we've all heard who's uh, coming up on a big season right now. It, it's obviously, if you can't tell, it's basketball, so... Uh, I have a series coming out on that that I'm I'm really excited about. I've been working on it for the past couple of weeks and probably months at this point. So I'm working on that. Uh, at some point, I got to figure out what I want second book to be about. I have no clue. Uh-huh. So I'm down for any and all suggestions. So if you want to hit me on Twitter or Instagram or wherever, TikTok really doesn't matter. Like I'm I'm down for any and all suggestions. It, it, so just hit me up. But other than that, man, just getting ready for uh, – I got my my son coming in January, so that's the main thing I've been planning for, to be honest with you. I know. I know. I'm so happy for you um, and the missus. 
Justin, what do you think? Let's stick with basketball real quickly here. I know you are about as yeah. big a basketball fan as there is. What do you think about the Sixers this year, man? They open up against the Celtics Ooh. this week. What are you thinking about the Philadelphia 76ers? Man, I, you know, it. I'll be, I'll be objective, man. It, it's got to be a great time to be a Philly sports fan right now. Uh, obviously, with the well, with the Phillies going to the LCS, and you know, obviously the Eagles—they're they're the lone undefeated team in the league right now. And with the Sixers, man, like I'm not guarantee. I'm not predicting. I don't have. I have no clue who's going to win the title this year. But I do know that Philly legit title contender. They will not be tanking for Wimbiana. <laughs> you know, I, I can guarantee you that. So. I mean, Mark, you know how it is. We've been talking about basketball for as long as we've known each other, right? Yeah. And, you know, every there's 30 teams in basketball, but there may be five or six teams every year, if that some years, but five or six teams every year that can legitimately win the NBA title. And that's true this season. And Philly is one of those teams. Like, obviously, Embiid is one of – if not the best player in the league, he's going to be, he's already ticked off about, you know, not getting the MVP last year. James Harden, uh, he, he looks as motivated as I've seen him perhaps at any other point in time in his career, because he understands this is a title contender. I think Tyrese Maxey is going to be, he's going to win most improved player of the year. That, that, that dude, man, he, he is a legitimate piece to a title team. And I mean that with all the, the praise and respect in the world. And, uh, I, I think the the signing of somebody like PJ Tucker, who of course he's you know he's thirty seven, but that that guy just knows his role and knows his job and he's gonna do it well. And I I, I think this this year more than any other year in the past, which is saying something. I think Philly should be right in that mix for the the NBA championship because that they're, they're that good of a team. That of course they have to stay healthy, but. Uh, I'm expecting big years out of, of course, Embiid, but I'm also expecting a really, really big bounce back year from James Harden. So, well, I think y'all, y'all got a, y'all got as good a shot as anybody to win the title this year. This is the year for Philly sports, like you said, Tins, and um, we're we're grateful that you, that you would join us today on a on a big occasion. Yeah, yeah, it's a big you occasion. Sent us You're a right. Picture uh, you're wearing green in the picture. <laughs> I know you mentioned that, but I, I want to make sure we mention that again. You're wearing green in the picture. I think if you're looking at it in the right light, it looks like the right color green. I don't know. Maybe that's just my glasses, but. Oh, man. The birds Look, and the boys. You know, that's you and that's I really low, some, man. You and I have had some, you know, yesterday I was over at uh, Camden Eastside High School for the game. And there was, I was involved in a number of disputes over the Cowboys and the Eagles. And so I said, well, let's just have the greatest dispute of all right here with my old friend. We've had this many, many times. And I know anybody out there who's an Eagles fan or a Cowboys fan who's watching or listening has had these conversations at work or uh, family reunions or whatever. There is some serious disdain here. I love you mm-hmm. as a friend always. You're one of my favorite people in the world, but I want three Likewise. and a half hours of misery for you tonight, buddy. So tell me what you think about this game. Um, I want to say likewise. 
again, you're one of my favorite people in the world, but it, if you go to sleep with tears of, in your eyes and not tears of joy, but tears of pain and tears of misery, I would, I can go to sleep a happy, happy man. Uh, I, I think the NFC East, I think this is the definitive rivalry within the entire division. Of course, every team in the division hates every other team. And, you know, for, for a long time, it was, you know, Washington, Dallas that had like the 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 you know allure of like this great rivalry, which it which it once was, and and it still is to an extent. But dude, there's nothing like Cowboys Eagles. I think we can both agree on that. Like y'all hate us, we hate y'all, and we want nothing more than misery for the other side. Now, that being said, it's going to be a fight, man. Uh, I, the thing with the Cowboys is they have to they got to manage the game in a way that you know that that hasn't been done yet this season. They they've managed the game with Cooper Rush in there, who I think has filled in you know beyond admirably. But here's the thing: they they have to commit to the run. They have to, of course, not turn the ball over because. This is going to be, in my opinion, the most explosive offense that Dallas has seen thus far. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, one thing I will, this this pains me to say this, and I hope you're not recording me saying this, but I'll go on record. Like, I don't, from what I've seen from Philly just watching them this year, I don't think they have any weaknesses. Like, their, their offensive line is really good. When they need to run the ball with their backs, they're really good. Jalen Hurts is playing, you know, at a phenomenal level. And honestly, I love that for him because obviously we know the conversation that's been had around him his first couple of years in the league. Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? This guy is clearly proven that he can run that offense. He looks very comfortable in it. And of course, that two-headed that, that two-headed monster at the receiving core with Brown and uh Devontae Smith is 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 crazy. And y'all defense is Honestly, your defense is just as good as Dallas. It's just Dallas has been getting a lot of the, the the headlines, which, you know, I think is deserved as well. So Dallas has to keep that offense off the field. Now, that being said, when that defense is on the field, I need Dallas to mix up the, the pass rush coverage because one thing Dallas can do, they can get to the quarterback. Uh-huh. And they have to confuse uh, Jalen Hurts as much as they can. And the, de- the defensive backs are going to have to play, you know, basically the game of the season that's far because of what I said about their receiving core. Now, taking off my objective hat and trying to break down the game in a responsible manner, <laughs> um, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I hope he has. I hope he has fifteen great games this year. Fifteen. Fifteen great games. Now the other two, they're against the Cowboys, and I hope they're duds. Right. You know, I, I I hope we can get to if we can get to Jalen Hurts early and often, then it'll be a game. The only thing that scares me is Dallas has held teams under 20 points for like five straight games. It's like the first time that's happened in like 50 years. Right. Even with like the great Cowboys teams in like the 90s, they didn't do that. Now, my thing is we we can't get into a scoring match with Philly because we're not properly equipped to to win an offensive shootout with Philly. So that's my main thing. You can't let Philly, especially with that crowd. Oh my God. Philadelphia Eagles fans. Oh God. Well, <sighs> I, I'm going to tell you what happened to me this week. And you'll understand earlier in the week, uh-huh. 
um, a friend of mine was able to, uh, he, he invited me to attend the game uh, for a, he had a business relationship where he was invited. He had two tickets in a, a club suite. And he said, I got an extra one if you want to go. And I thought about it. I said, you know, my friend here might have, like, a, like he might need this business. And this, this is not the scene for me. I don't think I can attend for this Dallas game. I'm going to be a little too I, over the top. Yeah. I I completely understand that. I, I don't I, I, See, the thing, we've, we've had this conversation over the years, too, Triple, like, we we love our teams. Uh-huh. Sometimes we love them too much, especially in public. You especially, like I, yes, me especially. I lo- I love I love and I hate the Cowboys way too much to to ever. Especially a game on the road in Philly. No, 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 no way I could ever do that. Like it, my mom always told me, like just be smart about your decisions in life, and like there's no way I would do that. But I, I completely understand you wanting to watch that game from the comforts of your own. Now, if they were playing the Cardinals, if they were That's playing nice. the Chargers, of course you'd be there. But the Cowboys, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't, I don't think you're a fool at all for that. Now, here's the, here's the better part. I was telling the story to somebody else who said, "Well, I've got a couple tickets down in the Gen, in Gen Pop." And I said, "If you want them," and I said, "I'll see you there." <laughs> So tonight, just remember how loud it is at the link. I'm going to be a part of that. And when, you know, it's just too much for the Cowboys, just remember those false starts I was helping. Look, I was watching uh, the Tennessee game yesterday, which turned out to be one of the craziest college football games I've yeah. ever seen in my yeah. life. That, that game was nuts. But in that first quarter especially, I was like, am I watching – or am I watching like the evil Dallas Cowboys? Because they were getting a false start, a holding 12 men on the field, like every other play. I'm like, what? Is, that's the thing. And, and I'm glad you brought that up, Mark. Like, the Eagles are very, very good. And they could beat you even if you play a great game. But if Dallas gets into that funk where they get seven, eight penalties in the first half, then there's no way they're going to win because we know we know what a good Dallas team looks like. We know when Dallas is playing good football. But when they when they start racking up those penalties, there's no way they can win. So Dallas, even more than, than the Eagles in some ways, they just can't beat themselves. That's the thing that scares me a, a whole lot about the, the Cowboys, which they've gotten under control these, these last four weeks. But this is a primetime game. It's the game of the week, Sunday night. Uh, the last thing I need them to do is embarrass me in front of company. <laughs> so well, we'll, I, we'll, I, we'll see. You know where I stand on that. I, I just hope you're dreadfully embarrassed. I mean, I, I would hope I, I know. you just quit and say, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not even going to support this. I know you and Jerry Jones have had your falling outs in the past, and I hope you have another one. Um, yeah, try, Jerry, uh, try, try yeah. European soccer football, you know, try soccer. I don't know. <laughs> I know you're not going to oh, root for anybody in the NFC East, and I'm fine with that, but there are other sports out there. And, and definitely not root love. for the Eagles. <laughs> you, you will never, of course, you're going to be in gin pop. All the other Eagles fans, you know what I mean? Just being the, the wild, belligerent 
evil fans that y'all are. <laughs> but I love it, best. man. Honestly, I, honestly, I would not have it any other way. I want it to be a mad. I know it's gonna be a madhouse. I wanted to be a madhouse in there. I wanted to be thing that we've always known Cowboys Eagles to be, especially in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm looking forward to it tonight. I'm, I'm also very nervous about tonight, but you know, it, it feels good. Honestly, triple, you know, cause the NFC East has had a couple of down years, you know, as yeah. a whole. Yeah. Like it feels good to be excited about a Sunday night game again. It feels good to have one team be five and oh, the other team be five and one, you know, like that feels good. That reminds us of like the NFC East games like we grew up on, yeah. And that we love, and, and why why you're as big of an Eagles fan as you are, why I am as big of a Cowboys fan as I am. Like if we were, if the Eagles were like what two and three, and the Cowboys were one and four, like we wouldn't really. I mean, we care because it's it's a divisional game and it's our teams. But no, man, when it's it's only week six, but it's a lot on the line in week six because you only get six divisional games. Well, yeah, and, and all if, of these count. If the birds win, technically, uh, with the head-to-head, they'd be up two and a half games on Dallas because they'd be they'd be six. This and is nine. a big game, man. And Dallas would be four and two, and they beat them head-to-head. Um, but if Dallas wins, then what? We will both be five and one. Hold on. I, I'm not I'm worried. Being in the division, I didn't far. do that math. I'm not worried. No, about it's, it's the responsible journalist. You're one of the greatest journalists I know, Mark. Trimble, <laughs> and I've been telling you that for a long time. It's shame on you for not doing the math on the other side. <laughs> oh, look, I'm I'm not too worried about that. Okay, and to this, you shouldn't point, be worried because you know why? 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 Because look, I, I'm not going to say the whole story, but Mark Tribble, one of my greatest friends. History of friendship and friendom. I was living in LA in 2015. Your listeners know this story, Mark Trouble, but you know where I'm going. There was a certain yeah, Eagles quarterback. There was a certain Eagles quarterback that had the initials that. I think I we won't even I think say you dropped name. out. I think you dropped out, Justin. <laughs> I think you're dropping. I can't hear you. Rod, you might have SV to just cut him. Gonna... We don't even need to call him back. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, no, man. Like, I, I love these games, brother. Like, it, I love these games because I know when I have an emotional high, you have an emotional low of lows, and it's vice versa. You know what I mean? And it it's is. great because I know somewhere in the world with – you know, the Eagle score, you're on cloud 99 and I'm on cloud negative 299. And, you know, it's the other way around. So I, I wouldn't have it any other way. And uh, happy Sunday. Happy Triple Tinsley Bowl. This is going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, too, we'll have to figure out one of these times some some type of stakes for this matchup. Um, we could do if, if, I don't know, if I win, you could, I'll take your spot on around the horn. (laughs) You kill it. And then, you kill it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if you win, you can host this podcast. I mean, either way, it sounds good to me, but, 
You got to um, give me the fedora, though. I can't do it without the fedora. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll get you a nice fedora. Actually, maybe you could wear the fedora on around the horn. Now that. Oh, yeah. Now we're. Uh, we'll Man. see. We'll figure it out. But I miss you, brother. We'll figure and, it out. And I'm, and I'm proud of everything you're doing. You're the best. Always. Um, I haven't seen you in a while, but I will see you soon, I hope. Absolutely, man. I feel the same way, man. I love you, man. I love you with all my heart. Uh, and the Eagles. All right. All right. Uh, good all luck right, man. with everything, Justin, except tonight at 8.20 p.m. Um, we'll talk to you. Thanks again for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hats off to you. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on, brother. Have a good day. You too. All right. Well, you know, this is Justin talking to Smack Rod. What do you think happens tonight? Um, honestly, I think the Eagles roll. All right. I don't need to hear anything else. I think they roll. I don't need to hear anything else. Special thank you to everybody watching today. Um, a lot of action coming up this week. Playoffs are near. Next Sunday, we'll have the pairings. I don't know if it'll be before the show or after, but either way, we're going to stick at 9 a.m. Sunday morning. Also going to do South Jersey Football Frenzy Show right here, excuse me, 7 p.m. with Mac. Preview the upcoming week. See what his soapbox is about this week. See if he'll – I know he'll be wearing red for, for the Phillies. Um, it's, going to be, it's going to be a good week, man. Playoffs are finally here. Anybody who is going to the game tonight, be safe. Uh, have a good time. And, you know, go Phillies. Go Phillies. We hope that by the time we come back here next week, the Phillies are – I don't know what the schedule looks like, but hopefully they've got it well in hand at that point. We're hoping to go to the World Series. Yes, sir. Support means everything, South Jersey. It means everything to me. It means everything to Rod, um, you know, to have – the ability to uh, see some great football, meet some great folks is highlight one of the highlights of my life, man. So thank you all. I'm ready for the playoffs. I want to thank Trevin Delgazzo and St. Joe uh, for being a part of the show as well in that magical moment on Friday night. St. Joe beats Lenape 29-28. Rod, I think that's the only thing left to say is go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. We'll see you guys Wednesday, then we'll see you back here next Sunday morning. Mark Tribble, it's my Hats Off podcast. Thanks for watching.